0: I would love to tell you a story today. I'm just gonna give you a little bit of it. One of the great stories from my family back in August of 2000. My family loves to tell this story. There are two undisputed facts. The first one is that my sister indeed did get married in Columbus, Ohio. That we agree on that. The second thing is that when my parents arrived the night before from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 200 miles away, their clothes for the wedding were still in Pittsburgh. But the fun of the story is in the details that nobody agrees about. (laughs) Who left the clothes in Pittsburgh? (laughs) Who came up with a solution for how we would get them? Who saved the day? Depending on who tells the story, my father, my mother, my godmother, the neighbor across the street, or my aunt, several of whom are deceased, so I get to tell the story however I like, (laughs) very different outcome. Why do we enjoy this story? Don't we want objective truth? Well, granted, there are times when truth-telling is necessary. To build relationships, we must address conflicts, especially when family members are engaging in destructive behaviors to themselves or to others. But many times in our families, the differences in perspectives simply enrich the experience These different perspectives add to the tapestry, the color and the depth of my family. It gives you a greater sense of the pandemonium and the characters that make up my family. Life is complex, but complexity often contributes to the beauty and humor of life. And this comes to bear in two very interesting ways today in our readings. The first one is that all four of our readings, including the psalm, are about conflict within a family of believers. The second thing is, like my family, having four different people share their perspectives on this leads to a richer, deeper sense of the truth. Today, as we usually do at Sunday Mass, we hear at least four voices, four members of our Judeo-Christian family speak to us. All four of them, as usual, are articulating the Word of God, and today all of them are related to this idea of different perspectives on the same theme. So we have wild Uncle Ezekiel, who through pretty strong language says, "...we are responsible for one another's actions." The psalmist, I like to think of her as the poet of the family, sings of the importance of listening, especially listening to the voice of God. Cousin Paul, who in his younger days was something of a firebrand, but now surprisingly is the family sage, says, do all things in love. And Jesus gives us specific advice on how to address conflict within a family. Sometimes I think we lose the nuances in Jesus' message today. It's not about confrontation. The goal of addressing the sins of our family members is always to reestablish or to strengthen our communion. Jesus calls us to stay in communion with our brothers and sisters and to strengthen their communion with God. For those who refuse to reform their behavior, Jesus says, treat them like Gentiles or tax collectors. So, my friends, it's time for a quiz. I'm coming down from the pulpit. <laughs> How did Jesus treat Gentiles and tax collectors? Raise your hands if you have a thought. So, story from the Gospels about Jesus interacting with tax collectors and or Gentiles. I have all day. I'm here till about midnight tonight. <laughs> okay? I think I saw a hand over here. Yes? Okay, forgiveness and love. Emily. He recruited them. Like, this is the gospel of Matthew, right? And Matthew, the one who's saying Jesus said this, treat them like a tax collector, was a tax collector. Okay, what else? Yes. He treated them like any other person. Very well said. So, anyone think of some specific examples from the gospels? Characters with names or anything like that? Yes, 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 very good. Yes, over here, Stephen? The, well. the woman at the well. She was a Samaritan. That's worse than being a Gentile. Yes. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and he saw him and he said, I'm having dinner at your house. You're, you've been brought in. You are a son of Abraham as well. Who else? Anybody? Other thoughts? Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> We've been in the Gospel of Matthew, so here are the four, at least four examples that Matthew has used already in this Gospel before we get to this passage. The Roman centurion, he was a Gentile, and Jesus said, you have more faith than anyone I've met in Israel. In fact, he had so much faith that every day at Mass we repeat his words, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof, but only say the word. Matthew, we got that from Emily. Table fellowship. He was always inviting tax collectors to meals. And last one was a few weeks ago. We had the story of the Canaanite woman and her daughter being healed. The main point here is we're supposed to address each other's sins to build communion, not to prove that we're right and they're wrong. But for me, I don't know about you, but when I finally get the courage to address a conflict, Too often, my goal is not communication, but excommunication. Today, it's so easy for us to excommunicate people who are different from us, who have different perspectives. Thanks to cable news, you can watch the news from a channel that will tell you just what you already know and how you want to hear it. Internet programs like Pandora expose us to new music that is exactly like the music we already know and like. At home, we now have this idea that the, the the goal of being at home is to relax in our fenced-in backyards by ourselves rather than sitting on the front stoop with our neighbors. The one place that I really see a, a difference of perspectives is in my Facebook feed. As a former engineer and a former musician and now a priest who's had 18 addresses throughout the United States, I've run into a lot of people And often my comment field on something I post will become this really neat exchange of ideas. But sometimes it degrades into a shouting match. I love both my liberal and my conservative friends and relatives. I just wish they could love one another. When I think someone that I love is doing something wrong, that's when I'm most hesitant to speak. I'm scared of conflict. And all four members of our Judeo-Christian family who spoke to us today would say, I have it exactly wrong. If I love someone, that should be when I'm ready to speak to them about their sins or what I think are their sins. Three years ago this weekend, I preached my very first homily as a deacon. So yes, this is the first time I could recycle a homily. Um, (laughs) LAUGHTER You can go back and listen to podcast number 60. I think this is going to be number 436, so a little has changed. But I did issue two challenges to the people of St. Camilla's Parish and to myself that day. And uh, they were to broaden my appreciation of varying perspectives and to try to address conflict and fraternal love. I've tried to be true to these commitments I made three years ago, but it's a continual challenge. The first one, If we could all resolve to read news reports and commentaries from writers who have different political opinions than us, broaden yourself out, people who are more conservative or more liberal, it's a little hard at first, but it is enriching. Second, for me, I'm sure that before this week is over, someone will do or say something that causes me to bristle because I'm human and I get upset. And I'm going to try, as I try all the time, to address that conflict with fraternal love. Will I reach out in a spirit of communication or excommunication? Jesus tells us when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. As long as we address conflict in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will provide us with the guidance to build communion. Communion. St. John twenty third Parish is one of the most diverse parishes in this diocese. We gather as a family with multiple perspectives, and we are usually blessed with visitors from other parishes. Hello to all of you. Diversity creates more work for us in the short term, but in the long term, it leads us to a greater awareness that we are gathered in the name of Jesus. We share one breath at this one table, to become the one body of Christ.